0: Hey everyone, welcome to The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this is going to be episode 192 with my good friend Ryan Cashman. Ryan and I have been working together for many years now, I think going on almost seven years off and on as freelancers, and Ryan is a very particular creative. He wears many different hats. Um, when I asked him what kind of role he feels he fulfills nowadays, he we kind of couldn't really find exactly what it was because there's so many different things that he's interested in. Um, that's going to be part of the conversation. You're going to kind of feel that coming through and permeating through the conversation. But Ryan's, you know, a CGI artist, a technical artist. He's also a multimedia artist. He's a programmer. He's a, he's a designer. Um, and I just call him like a wizard. Um, he's one of these people that when I'd work with, when we would build things out, I would have these really weird ideas or weird inspirations that would come from something that I would design And Ryan, I would say like, oh, what if they did this and how that would go together? And he would just kind of figure out how to utilize these programs and facilitate these ideas. And it's just a really, uh, just a very powerful mind and somebody I've really enjoyed working, building projects together. And some of the most fond memories in, in my professional career has been on projects where just Ryan and I have been just jamming away on things, which is been really great. We've worked on many different films, um, many different um, video games and all kinds of fun stuff together. Um, this episode is really cool. It's really awesome to have Ryan on here. It's, it's uh, I kind of hesitant to ask him over the years because I know, uh, just, he's not really a social kind of butterfly. Um, he's somewhat introverted and it, you don't really, it doesn't reflect on this, inf- this interview is obviously the flow is really great. Um, but I, I know he's very personal and I didn't know if he ever wanted to come on here and share a bit of his life with everybody, but it was, it was awesome. He accepted. And I'm really happy to have him here because, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't for everybody doing these interviews. And so it was really great that Ryan came on and we got to talk about, um, a lot of fond memories that we had working together and just the experiences that we've had and just the journey that we've had together um, at the same time that Ryan's found himself in, in his own career and the development that he's had through the practices and and processes of things. And Ryan talks about his, uh, his approach to learning and the uniqueness of his approach to like, you know, trying new things and approaching new things and using these tools. And we talk a little bit about how he's primarily using Houdini now as his main software um, in 3D, and, and just his his process of using that that program, and why, and also like you know our steel, uh, our our main um, piece of software, which is After Effects, as, as well, which is really cool. We we'll talked a little bit about that. Um, and another thing that Ryan talks about is just finding the success in his process and how he enjoys the process and takes it one step at a time. And works through that process and, you know, finding the, the, the little wins as you go through it and just like really loving the art of being a creative person um, and the daily effort it takes to, to you know, overcome these um, tasks and puzzles that are put before you, which is really cool. Um, and lastly, we just talk a bit about the future as we usually do in this podcast. We talk a little bit about the future and what things are, you know, on the horizon and all that kind of fun stuff um so this is a it's a special episode i hope you all enjoy it um i've been talking about ryan for quite some time on the podcast so uh, all you all you guys out there who've been listening to the to the episodes over the years um you've heard me talk about ryan and and our collaborations and so it's really cool to have ryan himself on here so um here we go it's going to be episode 192 with my buddy ryan cashman let's roll we do or especially what you do specifically is it is kind of hard to pin down but i think that's what makes you who you are though Mm because you're able to just kind of one of the things i always loved about when we work together is they'll have like a really interesting problem that kind of perplexed my mind personally we think differently like the way we strategize and our approach to problem solving is much different which i think is why the work we put together together is probably some of my favorite work because i couldn't do it alone and I don't think you could either. So together we kind of make this mm-hmm. really unique amalgamation of the work, I guess. Yeah no, yeah,
1: no, Yeah. No. that's very true, man. I totally agree with that.
0: <laughs> it's been really, yeah, it's been, well, I was trying to reflect on how long we've been working together. We've known each other for quite some time. Like I think, uh, Like seven years or something. Time flies. Maybe eight. I don't know. Seven.
1: Yeah, I feel like it was like 2010 or 2011. Like when we first started working together.
0: Yeah, this was at Sony down San Diego. Got to give a big shout out to Kevin Jolson for linking us up. Because yeah, without absolutely, yeah, without Kevin, he was he was really the catalyst for all of this. Really.
1: Yeah, that's true, man. I remember that. Yeah. Damn
0: San Diego, dude. Sony San Diego, old school memories. do You still work with uh, the guys over there sometimes?
1: Yeah, I am still in touch with them. I feel like it's been a couple of years now since we've actually had a project come through. But I feel like, you know, like every six months or so, we'll touch base and like come really close. So, yeah, like we're definitely still in touch
0: for sure. Dudes down there. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to the Sony San Diego family. (laughs) Yeah, because that's it's kind of this weird thing. Um, When I was working at Prologue, I was up in L.A. and there's just this abundance of like crazy raw talent. And not to say San Diego doesn't have it. There is. It's just like a little bit more sparse. And so there's only at the time, there was only a couple of places that I could think of offhand that I, that I knew of, which I didn't know a whole lot. But there was Shiloh and then Sony San Diego. where's two cattle, like two pockets and everybody else. Everything else down here was just like you're either like in action sports or you're like a wine guy or like you're like some kind of weird tech billionaire that owns a house or something (laughs) it's like yeah yeah some event stuff here and there yeah because I think in San Diego it's a a whole different kind of dichotomy of people and so when we had met down in San Diego it was just it was it was really cool I was like ah okay this is rad like I could see the way that you thought to me it's all about how you think and approach things because that really defines your end result really I mean wouldn't you agree
1: Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. It it, is all about approach. It's about just yeah being able to keep an open mind and like creating that space to let your imagination just kind of run with these ideas, you know, and not kind of get bogged down by what's by, you know, like deadlines and all the pressure and what's possible. You just like, yeah, finding a way to like make that space to be creative and get in the right mindset is key.
0: Yeah. I've always been amazed by your Because I work really hard, and you're right there with me, and that was always something I really appreciated about when we'd work together. It's like I knew I could depend on you to get through like that. Because we've been through some like pretty legitimate production battles. I'd call them war, basically, (laughs) like multiple times on multiple different projects. I won't name details, but. Yeah, like I found that you managed even in the thickest of shit, like at three o'clock doing like calls and stuff in the morning, I mean, like three o'clock a.m. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple yeah, man, times.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how how those late nights just sneak up on you. But oh, yeah. yeah, man, you just power through. And
0: where's that come <laughs> from for you? Is that like a work ethic thing that you got from growing up or like how did you acquire that trait? Because that's a it's a very unique trait. Not everybody has that. I think. And I don't know. It's kind of, I, yeah, I believe, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how and why people have that and why people, some people don't.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, it's tough to say. It is definitely just like, a, like um, a deep rooted personality trait, uh, I guess, or a defect, depending on how you look at it in the, <laughs> in the circumstance, <laughs> you know, but it's like, yeah. it is kind of like that idea of, um, it is, it's like a challenge or it's like a puzzle. And then, yeah, like when things are not necessarily going well, it almost makes it that much more important to figure it out, and like that much harder to walk away. Where it's like, I mean, even just the idea of like kind of giving up on a project like never even enters the mind. It's like, no, there's there's a way to figure this out. There's a way to fix it. There's got to be a solution. Just take a step back, take a break. Um, just try. Look at it from a different angle. Look at it in a different light. You know, you just like keep pushing. Just keep trying. And um, that's the only way that it is ever going to get fixed. Cause, you know, because if you just, <laughs> you know, you just give up, then you're stuck, and then that's it. And then like. I mean, it's a lot. It's it's kind of yeah. It's hard to recover when you drop the ball like that, and in one of those situations when the pressure's on. So it's there's really no choice in it at at some point.
0: (laughs) It's it's great because the way when you say it like that and you're explaining it, it makes complete logical sense, and I 100% agree. But in the moment of the heat of emotion, and when you're doing things, it's like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we have a different um, thing, but it's like when I look at my overall career and all those times, I'd say it's probably 80%. I'm hating it. (laughs) Like I'm (laughs) hating it at the point where I'm like, I want to throw something, but it's at the same time, I, there's that 20% that makes me like, yes, yeah, yeah, worth it. (laughs) But you seem to like you, you, you your approach is probably a bit different, I would imagine, because you seem to be much more emotionally mature, I guess, or. Like you've kind of, I don't know, you seem to like, you're like, okay, <laughs> it's like, here, let's keep going. I'm like, all right, awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think maybe like what I do gives me a little more padding perhaps from the work than like where you're at because you're, you're much more on the design, the design side, which is maybe like a little more from like an emotional connection in some ways where like a lot of what I do starts getting into some more like technical puzzle based stuff. So it is mm-hmm. like a little bit more emotionally detached in some ways. Mm. Um, but yeah, but like, um, I feel like the, some of the hard, h- hardest times are when it starts getting into that really creative stuff where it's like a, like a design or a look or character, or just like an idea that you start getting attached to. And then when that starts getting like slowly ripped apart and unraveling and you're like, Oh, like that's, that's like some of the hardest <laughs> stuff to deal with. But yeah, if it's like a technical problem,
0: then it's like, all right, screw it, man. Let's just stay up all night. We'll just, this thing will work, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just getting it through it. And then I, I find that those are when the big breakthroughs happen, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think we've seen it together. Um, and I mean, these are the only moments I can really cr- recall on a personal basis. This, the projects we worked on together, but I remember there's been, there was quite a few breakthroughs that we both have. I remember one time sitting with you and we were working on that one project that we can't even speak about still to this day. Cause I'll like never see the light of day, I guess. Um, mm. <laughs> but I remember, it was so cool cause I was drawing and then I was like, dude, how can we do smoke? We should do smoke. And you figured out like it was clever. And at the time it was kind of like the thing that it was like, you had to really dissect the the way that you looked at things. And I think I remember we were looking at Kung Fu Panda as a reference. Oh, I remember yeah. that Kung Fu Panda intro and they had all the smoke. And I was like, dude, that smoke is so cool. And you figured out how to do it. in after effects with some sort of sort of noise thing or something, um, That's like right, yeah. or something. I was like, ah, oh, I remember that. It was like, that was so cool. That was, for me, that was like a, a breakthrough. It seems like a small, but these are all small wins that build up to bigger things, you know. Um, yeah. Was, oh, yeah, was, man. That's a fun memory. I
1: remember that. <laughs> I know. That was like an incredible project. It's a shame it just kind of got buried in time because, yeah. yeah, we did. We got to do a lot of fun stuff like that where there was a lot of cool source material. Yeah. Um and a lot of cool like problem solving, like figuring out like cool, very stylized effects um, and kind of like this interesting kind of animation look where it was. It was kind of like this hybrid, like paper cut out silhouette, very textured, very layered kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a shame it kind of disappeared. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was an interesting one. It was cool, though. Like I think sometimes uh when I look at this stuff, I go like, well, I was just thankful that I could have I got paid to basically have fun and learn. So mm-hmm. there we go. <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah, that's definitely something you kind of learned early on. Is like in that frustration, you're like, well, I am still getting paid and this is still like, you know, it's a, it's a really good learning experience and I'll roll these things over into the future somehow, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I love that part. One thing yeah. we were talking about before we even started the podcast is learning new programs. And you seem to like really embrace um, new technology, new programs. I mean, when we first had met, I think you just like this light thing with the piano and oh yeah like, you know you like seems like you're like you remember you were like into photography I think you still are I don't know if you are but oh yeah. yeah definitely I mean it's something that you've been attached to too um but um what's your approach with like learning new things it seems like you're, you are would you consider yourself constantly learning new things embracing new technologies
1: uh, yeah definitely like I think that's that's definitely been like a common thread over the years is like always, always trying out new things, always, always learning new things. I feel like, like, yeah, there were definitely times in the past where I was hesitant and like resistant to like dive into new stuff. And, and then you kind of find yourself stuck in a rut and um, yeah, I kind of eventually realized that just being open to new things, just giving them a try uh, there's nothing wrong with it. And like, you're, it, it is like a great way to just like get another angle at looking at stuff. So like, even if I'm trying a piece of software and uh, just out of curiosity, um, I'll often just, yeah, just learn a new way of, of looking at things. Even if I don't pick it up for the long run, you know, like I'll, I'll just, it'll kind of like open my eyes to a new perspective and, um, and then occasionally we'll pick up new stuff. And then, yeah, like over the years, my, um, kind of like my cast of software has kind of changed dramatically. I'd say over the last like 10 years, um, kind of do that at practice and then some things have hung on for the long haul too. So, but yeah, like I definitely recommend, like, I love trying new stuff, looking at new ways of solving these problems, you know?
0: Yeah, 100%. I think it keeps you creatively stimulated. And it kind of fulfills, it really fulfills a lot of things. But it's also one thing I notice is it, it sometimes gets in the way of like your bigger goals, you know, and like, you get so like, I, I notice I've seen it happen a lot with other creatives and artists where they'll just get like, super hung up on like a render or something. And then it'll eat up all their time. And then they were an artist, but then they just become some kind of like weird <laughs> render guy or something you know like nothing wrong with that um if that's what you're what you're doing and i have a lot of friends that are really into that and i think that's fine it's just it, it worries me because I, I i look at that within myself i'm like okay gotta always remember to be an artist you know and I gotta always remember to be a designer a problem solver that's one of my problems i have do you do you run that through your mind too because i know we talked about the emotional disconnect and that mainly happens when we're working together because we carry different Like we wear different suits, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But for you, like, do you get lost sometimes in the technical side and have to remember to be an artist? And how do you find that balance?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like definitely it is easy to get to get lost in that stuff. And like also like you're saying, like speed is, is such an important thing. And I feel like that's like one of those things I constantly struggle with, like trying to find a balance of is like working with technology, learning to embrace the technology and staying current, but then also... Um, finding ways to capture those ideas while they're still fresh. And, you know, there's always that problem of like working on a project and then, yeah, it starts to drag. You get hung up on a render, you get hung up on the, another detail. You know, one thing doesn't work out the way you want, it sits for a week and starts collecting dust. And then, yeah, it just gets stretched out like, you know, infinitely and you never finish. So, hmm. yeah, there's always <laughs> there's always that battle of, um yeah, trying to find like, how do I speed this up? How do I shrink this down into its purest form? And like, get it into something that can be like wrapped up and cohesive and complete and like out there. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a constant struggle. And then, um, yeah. And just balancing work and computer time with family time and just like getting outside, you know, it's just, it is, it's just a constant balancing act (laughs) and
0: tight
1: tight rope while you're juggling,
0: you know? (laughs) A hundred percent. And with what we do is it's really is a time warp because it's so easy to go like, you know, down one, Alley or one rabbit hole, and mm-hmm. at the end, you know, five hours goes by, and you're like, Whoa, like, I still haven't solved the problem, <laughs> you know, but I've found yeah. other solutions too. And it's, it's, it really is hard when, um, especially when you first start out, like how difficult it is to manage your time and expectations in a pipeline when you're still testing out yourself and, and expectations of tools and software and, going say saying like hey so if i start from here i'm going to go take it to there and blah 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 Um, at the end of the day i'm going to have x y and z Um, that is so difficult because i think it's so abstract at times and it's really hard to um, manage those expectations Uh, how do you go about kind of managing your own expectations and and kind of working through these ethers do you keep a list or of things or do you kind of have like Um, a clear vision of things is we've done that before too. And you're pretty good at estimating uh, how much time things take. Um, I think it's probably just comes from experience, but do you have a methodology that you've learned over the years to kind of help you?
1: Yeah. You know, like slow and steady, (laughs) (laughs) just kind of like keep at it. And um, yeah, you know, it is easy to get ahead of yourself, especially when you're working on stuff that's really exciting and inspiring. You know, it is so easy to just bite off way more than you can chew and just like burn yourself out like on the front end just like just running wild you know
0: yeah
1: um yeah so it's just kind of about yeah trying to just pace yourself a bit and just like keep chipping at it and um and yeah just you know yeah it is it's like a lot of it just is just like small things with experience and it really is like simple things about yeah pacing yourself looking at it from different angles um when you feel and trying to like recognize when you start feeling burnout you know early in the symptoms of like exhaustion and burnout and like kind of learning to to know when to step back and recharge a little bit yeah. um yeah and um but it is it's a constant battle you know i think i think it's just one of those things that that you're just always kind of working on and and, and battle or balancing act you know again where it's just like there's always going to be that give and take and and you just kind of need to learn to monitor your own energy level and how to kind of monitor how you're doing in your own life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a hundred percent thing. We'll talk about that in a bit too, because I definitely want to talk about the work life balance being, you know, family man too. Um, we both have families. We're both quite busy, um, doing this stuff and working in this industry, doing freelance has so many amazing benefits and amazing, like just awesome things that it offers life. But it also on the other side can be very destructive um in many different forms um but before we get into that we should talk about a little bit more about like um some of the surface level stuff like programs that you really enjoy you're probably one of the first people other than my buddy Adam Swab who told me about Houdini and started really embracing it and I started to really see it come to life when we worked together and we did Assassin's Creed um all that stuff for Assassin's Creed and i was like oh okay so this is like that next level stuff that super sauce you know so um is, and you seem to work in houdini still quite a bit right or are you mainly in after effects still
1: um yeah no i i use houdini for all of my 3d for sure 3d vfx particle stuff it is my yeah. go to oh so, yeah
0: so no more um cinema 4d are you still frequent cinema
1: um i actually don't like my i i was kind of straddling both sides of the fence for a while there, but I my cinema 4D license eventually expired, and I, I just kind of never went back. Yeah.
0: Oh damn. yeah, I guess that's, I mean that's a good, I guess a good reason because it is an expensive program, and it's it's really great, but yeah, it does have its own limitations in certain regards too, and not like you can't do a lot of the same things in either, but yeah, is needs yeah on a, just on a whole different? I wouldn't say it like because I think that's a that's an error people make usually trying to re like. Um, compare programs it's like they're mm-hmm. so different in their own right that yeah definitely because
1: it, it's it it's very much about like your personality too because like Houdini I yeah. think fits very well with like certain certain people's mindsets and approaches but it's definitely not for everyone you know like yeah and like I feel like there's a lot about cinema 4d that I really enjoy and I definitely like understand why a lot of people would prefer it because it is like I don't know. It's very comfortable. It's very tight, you know, and it's yeah. like very easy to kind of get stuff up off the ground and working. And it's it's very intuitive as well. And I feel like Houdini is like definitely not intuitive for most people. But like once you kind of understand what it how it works, it. it oh, it's nuts it's a different story, you know? So there's definitely a higher barrier to entry for Houdini um, for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's what it took you. I mean, so the other thing I find is interesting is are you finding all this stuff out through friends or is something that you're researching or you're just kind of constantly studying things? Like how do you, how, like how did you find out about Houdini for example?
1: (sighs) Gosh, how did I even find out about Houdini? I feel like it was one of those things that was just, yeah, it's kind of in the ether and online. And like, as you're researching certain techniques, like I think at the time I was looking into a lot of like point clouds and particle stuff. All of a sudden, oh, yeah. like Houdini starts popping up more and more. And then, um, yeah, I think they had just had a big release. It was either like their 15 release or something had just come out. So, you know, it was just kind of like kind of all over the world, like the graphics blogs and websites. Um, so I, I did like, you know, I just tried the demo and and pretty
0: awesome that they offer for free. Yeah which I think yeah, is exactly. amazing. It's very smart because if you're, if you use it and you start to use it like any, I have a rule that, um, cause I think every program in my mind should, should be free or very affordable at the beginning, give you a trial. And then if you're not using it much or if you don't find use of it, but the moment I make money off of the program, I buy it because it's just, that's just kind of how it works. Um, but I'm, yeah, I like how Houdini, I think it's, it's free now. And I think it's like 300 bucks for Indie. And it, mm-hmm. I think goes on and on and on, which is still incredible. It's a really cool system, and it's this kind of a future safe um, kind of way of doing it. I think because Unity and Unreal Engine have um, a different approach. Obviously, they're they're free, and then they get a percentage off the game. I think upon publication, but or release, mm-hmm. but which is another whole different thing. But yeah, I'm, I, the reason why I'm bringing up Houdini is because obviously you work in it, and you've done a lot of stuff, and and it was a really showcased i felt um with assassin's creed because all that brain stuff that you were doing and it was so cool like when we were talking about it and i was building up uh, all that like ethos of how the machine worked and i was like oh then it has this and has that involved it was so cool like making all those little symbols in illustrator then giving them to you and then having you cut through the the brain and then using those symbols like micro spot scale and like putting them all together and like. And then seeing it all happen, I was like, "Fuck, this is so cool!" <laughs> yeah, it was it was really cool. I know it was what you used. I think, from what I remember, it was like a really solid blend between After Effects and Houdini. But um, mm-hmm. I think I, I, that's one thing I, I find with After Effects. It's, it still hasn't left my like my suitcase of tools, and it, I still feel that it has a tremendous value. And I'm still not willing to like let it go. People are like, "Oh, use Nuke," or there's that new thing called like. Shit, what's it called? It's like uh, Fusion, I think. Yeah. Oh, Fusion, yeah. Fusion. Magic Fusion. Which is
1: pretty yeah. cool, too. It's yeah. Another node like based node based stuff. one. Yeah. yeah. I do. I do have a soft spot for the node base, but yeah, it's like I've never, I've not been able to shake After Effects. Yeah. Um, I mean, masks that, that masks sounds like better. I've been trying to get rid of it, but um, <laughs> no, it's just not true. No, it really is. I feel like most pretty much every project starts and ends in after effects, you know, like I'll do like my initial kind of like blocking out of ideas and just like kind of gathering all the reference images and just smashing it together. And then from there, it just gets sent out to any number of programs. And then eventually it all ends up back in after effects where it gets put back together and rendered. So yeah, yeah, it's an incredible program. I love it. Yeah.
0: Especially doing CGI. I find that like, so there Alex Roman did that third and the seventh. You remember that really beautiful CGI spot with all the architecture and stuff. Is like it's still one of the best ever made um it's called third and the seventh has like all like famous architecture and photography and stuff Gosh, uh, that's so if absolutely. i showed it to you i'm sure you remember it because it's yeah. just like one of those you know like every five or ten years somebody comes out of the woodworks and says hey this is how it's supposed to be done. And then everybody just drops their fucking art dong yep. on our face. And we're like, oh <laughs> shit, like bow down to the king, you know, like Wayne's World style. We're not worthy. Yeah. We're not worthy. So that was one of his. But I remember seeing his renders because he did it in V Ray, which is um, still, I think, probably one of the best, most photorealistic renders still to this day. He had mm-hmm. done his like primary renders in, in V Ray. And then um, he went in and did lots of heavy post work and After Effects and used like, magic bullet stuff and all that kind of stuff and it just goes to show you that you can't a renders give you the raw just like a camera would and then if you want any more juice from it like all my photos i go through lightroom and i edit and grade them in lightroom it just pushes the information beyond and that's why you shoot in raw and that's why you render linearly you know so um but yeah it's it's never ending and i feel the same way too and i've over the years, I've, I'm kind of moving away out of um, Photoshop and I'm trying to just work primarily in After Effects, which has been really cool. I've learned it in yeah. a re- really weird way, though. Like, it's, it's such a weird way to learn all these things because I have friends that have education where they got to learn After Effects and all these programs like in a classroom format. But I know neither of us are like that, right? We just learn it <laughs> off the Internet yeah failing, like failing
1: <laughs> yeah for the most part like i went to school as well but i mean yeah i'd say at this point in time i've taught myself more than i ever learned in school that's for sure <laughs> it, yeah. is, it's, it is. It is. it's like the internet it's books it's it's amazing how much stuff is online oh dude um I'm so lucky that you can learn and then yeah and it, it really is just a key of just sticking at it and yeah like learning how to research learning how to read these reference manuals um correctly to find the information you're looking for and It is. it's just just like this ongoing process of like just figuring it out piece by piece, like figuring out like, what is this process? Does it have a name? Once you find the name, then all of a sudden you uncover this wealth of information about it and then you can avoid reinventing the wheel, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And once you find those like loopholes and you have like this really beautiful like construct of of thought that kind of leads you into these really interesting wormholes. And that's kind of, again, I keep bringing up um, Assassin's Creed, but I felt like there was like multiple times in that project there was a lot of like these warm holes that would happen um and we were like making work together that i felt like i hadn't seen before which was really cool and that's a very it's a very rare thing i, I gotta we gotta get handed off to our director on that project because justin Kurzel was just incredible to work with and he was amazing and like incredibly trusting too which is yeah like probably <laughs> the best thing ever and the client was just Cause so I think I told you this the first time I had a call with him when I mean, we both got on the line together the same exact time where like, I really love your work because I <laughs> truly did love his, I watched one of his movies and I was like, Holy shit. I said Snowtown murders. It was like fucking insane movie, like really insane. I hadn't seen a movie like that raw and crazy in a long time. And so that was really cool. And having that trust was really important. You find that with your clients that you have the best situations when you just kind of have that freedom to, to build and play.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And that is one of the things I remember about Assassin's Creed was, um, yeah, the, like the trust and the relationship, the way we were able to explore like so many just like really interesting ideas. And, and yeah, it was really cool, like working on these things and, and you don't exactly know how it's going to look until, until it all comes together in that final render, and You're like, holy crap, that worked. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. And it is, and it's great. And I feel like, yeah, that's, that's one strategy. I feel like um, ever since we've been working together, that was like one of those priorities that, that you always kind of made really important from the beginning was to get that trust like early on and to like really at the beginning of a project really hit like try to hit them with something as early as you can. That's really going to like make their eyes open or their jaw drop where they're like, Oh wow, like I'm in good hands. This, these guys know what they're doing. Um, I'm going to yeah, give them a little bit of breathing room to kind of like do their thing. They, they obviously know what's up. So <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely key. True. That <laughs> was that's that always
0: been our strategy. I think we did yeah. that when we I remember when we drove out to LA to meet up with, um, Man, what was his name? He was the production uh, Patrick, designer. right? Patrick, yeah, yeah. Tatabalis, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes, super nice guy. And we, we yeah. went out there, and then we—I think this was when we were kind of bidding on the job, or something. I can't remember if I, or we got. Yeah, it wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah, like they were interested. It seemed like, but like, who are yeah. these guys? You know, and <laughs> Patrick. So, I, I think it was cause Andrew's game, and so somebody connected us to Patrick, and then we kind of interviewed with him. But it, it, again, it's like one of those that's how things happen in Hollywood Or like good projects happen like that face to face or, um, right off when the good bat, like right on a good foot or in the beginning. And, but I was like, oh, dude, we got to do like it was the hand phone thing. I remember that. Like, yeah, it
1: was the hand like you had that yeah. you put together a crazy illustrator design. You're like, <laughs> hey, can you can you do something with this? I'm like, holy crap. Like, look at this. I'm like, yeah, man, I'll take it home and let's see what happens. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's just like a million pieces and layers. I'm like, this is rad, dude. So I just started like breaking it up into groups and chunks and making mats and just went wild with it. Yeah, that yeah. was a,
0: and you that was a great DG, out that, yeah. put that brian cranston voice on it and then had it circulating and i was like and we, were, we oh yeah you like we used the reference and, and inspiration from a jet engine remember like the way the jet engine opens up it's funny how like right, talking yeah. about this all these memories come like flooding in because it's been such a marathon, and like one project to the next. There's been very few like breaks, sexual like occurrences of of stopping. <laughs> so yeah, all these memories, true, man. And talking about it's
1: it. been like when you think back, you're like, hey, it's been like several years, and it's just been like one to the next to the next. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, over and over and over. It's yeah. been it's been wild, but I feel like yeah, there's been some really significant projects, and I always love the idea that. Just you and I were able to take on these projects that normally would be like a whole company or teams, uh, massive teams of people. I remember one time when we released our reel um, for Total Recall, got to give a shout out to Frank, our mm-hmm. good friend Frank. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. He c- cuts almost all of my my reels and he's just an amazing editor and yeah, he did an outstanding job on that that total recall one, that thing still like holds up I'm like, just, yeah, he
1: did a beautiful job on that. Yeah. It came out so good. good.
0: I remember we hated the colors. So we made it black and white. <laughs> we just didn't like the color of everything. So we we're like, "Yeah, let's make it black and white.
1: No, but it works it, so
0: well. Like it does. It works. Still, I remember
1: like, like, like having worked on it for so long, I was so tired. And then like I saw that and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> wow.
0: Exciting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a breath, like, cause yeah, we were, we were jamming hard cause we were working on Ender's game and um, total recall. But, yeah. um, what was I going to say about that? shit lost my train i thought it was with frank give a shot of frank shit i had a good point to bring up yeah it'll come back i guess total recall okay, yeah something about total recall and uh, oh so the hand thing and we did the hand thing and how like i guess how everything just kind of comes together and yeah doing doing a, a huge project like that with just two people really um yeah it was just i don't know there's a, I, I, I really enjoy not having a lot of people to be stuck on calls with or any of that stuff. I hate that stuff. I just rather get to the project, you know? And I think, yeah, man, like, too. It's like there's only so much time in the day and there's so much work to do.
1: Yeah, it's very true, man. Like being stuck in a meeting that just drags on can be agonizing sometimes.
0: hundred <laughs> percent, man. <laughs> what films uh, have you like kind of really inspired you? Cause I know you kind of, you originally come from Chicago, right? I think it's Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Originally from Chicago and we're kind of the same age. So we got, we grew up in kind of the same area era, um, which I think honestly is probably the, one of the pivotal dawns of like really great cinema, at least in my opinion, not all of it. There's some horrible films in the eighties, but there was also some incredible ones and also the nineties. Um, but was there a particular film or something that got you inspired to get into this stuff or were you more interested in just doing video games and stuff?
1: Gosh, man, it's kind of like a bit of both. Like, I feel like, like I was always just kind of obsessed with like how it worked, you know, like I had one of those brains. So like, I'd, I'd like see the special effects on TV and I'd just okay. be like, how, how do they do this? Like, how does the TV work? Like, I just get like right up there, like with the magnifying glass, like <laughs> looking at the pixels, like trying to like figure out like what's going on. It's
0: like it is. so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, there's a bit of that. Like I, I just kinda have one of those those brains. So it's like yeah, like I always like loved sci fi movies and like um like the Jim Henson movies with the puppets. Um Dude, so good. gosh, like I feel like Labyrinth I used to love Bird. dark. Labyrinth. Yeah, like dark I remember like oh. I remember loving Dark Crystal and I watched it oh, again man. when I was like a bit older and I'm like, this is like <laughs> pretty dark. Like oh, for yeah, kids.
0: Yeah. It was kind
1: of amazing and like really scary stuff in there too. Like just like some of the puppets were like really like creepy looking but dude.
0: yeah like I love them though <laughs> <laughs> oh man i watched that movie probably twice a year like i, I love it i love jim henson films yeah imagination's amazing so jim oh, yeah, henson absolutely. films was there a video game because i know you're really into games as well and we'll definitely talk a bit about that and your love for games was there a game that you played that kind of spoke to you when you were growing up
1: oh man like you know i loved like um if you remember out of this world and flashback were like two games that came out kind of in like the mid nineties and they had like kind of this rotoscope animation, this sort of like weird kind of cyberpunk kind of hard to pin down. Look, um, man, I used to just, I still do like, just love the heck out of those games. Um, I feel like they were just so like different for the time and then really hold up surprisingly well, both like with gameplay and aesthetics. Yeah. Um,
0: There, there, have you, have you heard of, um, so I had him on my podcast, uh, Tim Soret. He has, he's from a studio, I think it was called odd tales. And they did, um, man, they had this sick video game. Uh, it was like a nice solid mix of the last night. You remember that? Have you seen that the last night? I think so off the top game. of my head. because Their sure. inspiration was, um, was, um, flashback i think you mentioned okay that.
1: yeah flashback yeah that was yeah that was one of my big favorites for sure yeah, like out of right. this world was an earlier one for the pc and then flashback was like a couple of years later
0: oh, okay but it's the like genesis i think yeah like
1: yeah Dude, a lot of the rotoscopes. yeah it was really way cool
0: have you played uh, i sent you a link to the last night in the chat but have you played um uh inside play that game yet
1: we no i watched the kid, trailer it so, looked yeah. awesome i think he sent me the trailer a while yeah. ago it looked oh, amazing
0: dude it's so good uh had a little chance to play Uh-oh. it but they also played they also made a another game called below i think oh or... could you
1: hear that i'm sorry i clicked on that link <laughs> oh no it's okay yeah the audio
0: is loud sorry but yeah do you see the art in it it's so nice
1: oh wow yeah this looks beautiful
0: it's super killer it's like wow yeah um it's tim soray's mutant, uh, game really cool like really really well done and just the style yeah. is really awesome i've oh, wow, never yeah. played it i don't know i I don't know if it ever came out or if it did i am sorry if it did and i don't know guys um but yeah it's really cool
1: i love the style though because it's it's like the pixel art but they're um like painting normal maps on it it looks like and then using real-time lighting which is just a style i love like I've, I've been seeing more and more of that lately it is an awesome technique
0: <laughs> like, yeah it's super cool it's like, gorgeous like, it, yeah it just has a uh, like a throwback cool feel to it which is really nice and just like a nice i don't know something about it and like the frame rate's really low on like full animation stuff which is really nice too so it's good it. really yeah. skippy kind of stylized thing there was also that cuphead Did you play cuphead i got f- kind of frustrated with it, so i stopped playing i was i haven't like, played it the, it looks
1: amazing like the artwork's oh, gorgeous on that one as well like yeah it's out of control
0: really cool but it's one of those games that for me i'm not the best of those games and i would get really frustrated really quickly when you don't move the mouse or the button like the player at the perfect time at the, mm-hmm. the right thing those are like the super mario kind of games which are really cool but they would frustrate me heavily so <laughs> i'm not a technical yeah. player like the like i never was really good at like um street fighter and stuff i couldn't remember all like the up up down down up down right yeah. left. you know like that was always something that frustrated me
1: or like um, tekken man that game like oh. i I feel like I've broken at least one controller playing oh, that game. <laughs> for sure.
0: I would shred at it, but I was, <laughs> yeah. I was a kind of a button smasher on the, on the, the low down. That's what I would do. That was my techniques with mm-hmm. shit balls. But yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. I definitely have thrown a couple of controllers on tech and stuff. Yeah. But I really do appreciate like the evolution of games and how, how far they've come. Um, in like, you know, the open world, the game I've been telling you to check out for a while now, but I know you're quite busy, um is has been uh zelda the breath of the wild which is super,
1: yeah super
0: cool i've been um, i'm
1: looking forward game. to playing that one of these days for sure like yeah. i don't have a switch yet but i definitely want one and like i want to play that i want to play the new splatoon i loved the last splatoon on wii u that was oh, awesome that was probably the last game i got really like, super into never played then, that uh, one. yeah so i was playing that like right before the little guy was born so
0: yeah, it looks like you. No like, more video sh- games. Yeah, yeah, that's a common thing. You'd never. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> no oh, wait, just a couple
1: of more years. I feel like Thanksgiving in like three to five years. Him and the cousins playing Mario Kart. It's gonna be awesome. But you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's good though. I mean, you need to get to enjoy the time. You know, you get to enjoy it when it happens eventually. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think. Of get their- a couple of years where I win all the time, and then no more video games again. <laughs>
0: yeah pretty much that's how it works, <laughs> but it's like you' you get to play the video game of life and there you can mm-hmm. enjoy that and that's yeah that's a whole different thing, obviously oh, mean, I'm trying to think there was a game that um Anthony was telling me about that was kind of like where a lot of this stuff came from Zelda, but the thing I love about Zelda, I don't play games much anymore, but I do have a switch, and I only have Zelda, and I refused to buy any other games until I beat it which I don't know if that's ever going to happen because it's fucking huge. Oh, <laughs> and, man. and I don't follow the rules in these games too. Like they're like, Oh, go here. I'm like, yeah, fuck I'm going to go that way. You know? So I'm a complete, yeah, I'm a complete moron in these games, but it's just kind of <laughs> how it works is I just love the open worldness of it, but it's, yeah, it's quite a masterpiece. And it's a really good amalgamation of a lot of different kind of games. And it's really smart and clever in the game mechanics because as you know, and um, maybe we can get into that too, is the like, game that we were developing together but as you know game mechanics and the the art of gameplay mechanics is is really quite a complex thing um and it's i really feel and i'm curious to see what you think but i feel that really great games and they're they're developed by people that really love games and and they're all intuition based on what they love you know because you feel their soul in the game that you're playing
1: yeah it is it is such a crazy thing because it's Yeah, it's like so hard to describe and it's like so many different things coming together at once to create like that feel of like a solid of solid gameplay, you know, so it is like it's both like tangible because you're interacting with it, but then it's like entirely like intangible because it's just all of these separate things that can like only exist like as the game is running like at once. So, yeah, like getting all of that to work together and be interactive, it is kind of astounding, like how much goes into it. And um how it's like <laughs> it's it's very easy to take for granted but um yeah there is just so much that goes into it it's it's wild
0: it is super wild like there is i i don't know it's like a i i, I the more i because f- the the more i fall in love with the art of video games like and building them the more i uh, it just like gets me excited about making them because i really feel in my opinion it, that's where the frontier of art is going i think like all of our experiences are going to go into that Real time and rendering real time experience, like real time in a dimensional space, full on experiential, like experimental and like you're involved in the experience of it rather than it's like the equivalent of of a painting to a photograph to video to VR. You know, it's like then the next step for me, I always think is going to be like full immersion, full experience like completely in that world. And it's going to be based on design, you know, designing and it'll only the good stuff will rise as it always does. Um, but that comes from, you know, the people that are making it and how they're making it, you know? So, it's,
1: yeah, it's, it is crazy to see where it's going and like some of the leaps and bounds, like the technology is making along the way, like, especially with the VR stuff, because like, it's kind of been like thrust into the mainstream, but it hasn't quite had like that big hit yet. That's kind of like one Oh, one over like the larger population, but eventually, yeah, I know it's just like, but some of the stuff that's happening is like pretty astounding. And like, like the photogrammetry stuff is just yeah, kind of mind blowing.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. It's really cool to see like these scientists and people, these programmers, like putting their time and effort into these programs that are really helping to like build out the, the, the wave of, for us creatives and people that are wanting to experience these things because it has to be made somehow. And I mean, we don't have the time to program and build these out and as well as be creative, you know, I guess we do. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of choice. We would probably not have to have, we would have to, uh, 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 absolve ourselves from family obligations and everything else in life, which I don't think we're willing to do, but you know, like yeah. it just takes, <laughs> it takes so much time and effort. Um,
1: it does like stuff gets so complicated. Like there just like, isn't enough time for like one person to. And- to kind of take on you know it's like yeah you need to kind of like work together and you need to sort of like find like find ways to box things into like realistic units (laughs) achievable units of creativity
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean because yeah we when the game that we were building um yeah it's like we got hit by reality many times we're like oh damn oh shit oh (laughs) like we have these like really grand and unique ideas as i'm sure every developer does and then and you're like, wow, okay, well, this is going to take at least 200 hours, just this one like idea <laughs> and like to yeah. be realistic about it. Like, oh shit, like there's so much time, there's so much time that needs to be put into this, but it's kind of just how it works. So, and it's um, kind of a beautiful thing about it at the same time. That's why I like, I really appreciate when I see people, you know, getting out there and actually making these things work and when they actually good and it's like, wow, what a, yeah. an, an amazing feat, you know, really cool thing. Um, one thing I find fascinating about yourself as well is like, you don't, you're like, you're not really into social media, which I think is awesome. I've been slowly pushing myself away from it. Does that like, was that a, a choice to not be? Cause you don't even have your name out there. Really? You just go and buy nano animal, right?
1: Yeah. Like I feel, yeah. Like I feel like over the last year I've been getting slightly more into it. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's, it's just not really my thing. I feel like it, like early on, I realized it just kind of aggravates like my anxiety and just hmm. I don't know, like it just never was really my thing. Like I'm a pretty introverted guy. Yeah. So you know, I stay in touch with people and I talk to people that I that I talk to and that I'm close to, but like I don't really have an urge to sort of like share my life that publicly. <laughs> or fine. even or even like uh just share that much information about myself, even if it's, you know, quote unquote privately, like just, you know, it just always kind of rode me the wrong way. So I got off of Facebook pretty early on, like probably a couple of years before we even met, like I had already dropped off of there. <laughs> um, but lately, you know, I've been using like Twitter and Instagram more just to like kind of post images and kind of get more work out there, you know, because as a freelancer um, you definitely need to, you know, it's kind of a necessity to some yeah. degree to just to kind of like keep her profile up a little bit and just kind of keep some work out there uh, to, to generate a little buzz and just to kind of, you know, stay relevant. So, you know, it's a balancing act as well. But so I try to, you know, interact w- enough to keep things going and be as private as I can otherwise. <laughs>
0: it is a catch-22, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like, because yeah. I feel that same way. I'm like, oh, I just want to like... No, there's a lot of amazing people on there and I'm sure people would be like, damn it, don't leave this space because it's good to have the, that kind mm-hmm. of presence. Like, you know, the podcast and, and all these things, like Facebook and all the Twitter and all that stuff. It, but like, I, I, I'm the same way too. I, am not super introverted, but I don't like having to be emo- like social all the time. I would, mm-hmm. I, I find that I'm happiest so if I could just stay at home, be with my family, I could see my friends um, and I'm working. Like if I can put yeah. in like a solid 10 hours of like sick work, I'm like, pff, I don't give a fuck what else happens in the day. I'm, I'm set. <laughs> I feel good. You know, I feel I know that's, that's a good.
1: great day, man. That's, that's a solid, Dude, that's <laughs> the best,
0: you know? So for me, um, but I, yeah, I think that's, that's really smart. And I've, I've started to notice that a lot more too, because I feel that, you know, when I, when I really look at it in an honest perspective is that these things are just designed to, we're just puppets in this like because this game basically, and people are using our information, they're selling our information to corporations and they're just using this stuff to kind of sell us more shit. Um, yeah. At, at yeah. It's, it's, not everybody's there for that. I'm there to connect with people just like yourself. Like I share my images and then I also only follow things that like I'm inspired by or interested in. Um, and it's a place for me to kind of like a watering hole. Um, mm-hmm. But there's definitely different mechanisms and how people use it. But yeah. I admire that about yourself, but that is the trick, right? It's like, fuck, you know, like getting yourself out there and it's hard as artists, we're pretty introverted normally. Um, and it's, it's kind of a challenge to get out there um, and yeah. say, like, Hey, this is me. And then somebody goes, you suck. And you're like, oh,
1: God, that <laughs> yeah, but that's true. And But the thing is like, like you said, though, like when it's good, it, it's great though, oh, to be able amazing. to connect with like-minded people. And that's kind of like Some the balance I try to strike there. is like, if you're able to kind of like have some self-discipline with it and you know like yeah like kind of stay on track it's awesome when you're yeah like it it can be very inspiring to like see some of the the other work people are doing it's kind of nice to be able to share your stuff and get a little bit of feedback on like works in progress um or finished work you know like all of it so it it can be super cool but yeah it's a slippery slope and it, it can pull you in and then yeah you're just wasting a lot of time that you could be doing much better things with
0: hundred you know? percent. I think that's all comes down to, and I'm sure that you experienced that too. Once you had your son, it's like, you're like, there's only so much time in this world and I'd mm-hmm. rather spend it with these people than anybody else. And I don't care about anything. else. Like, it's funny because almost all my friends that have kids, they end up going like, Oh shit time. Oh, you've been here this whole time. Oh, okay. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, Oh fuck. Like I really got to be cautious of this. Cause it's like, you know, um, there's only become- so much in the day and, and and you got to realize like where that stuff goes and striking that balance is incredibly challenging. I'm sure. So,
1: yeah. And having like a kid, you realize how much time you spend looking at your phone. Oh (laughs) yeah. You like become very aware of that and then he starts like grabbing at it and you're like, Oh man, this is, this is not the best. (laughs) No, it's not.
0: I mean, we grew up before this stuff, happened, Mm -hmm. you know? So I look at my daughter, she's 13 now going on like, 45 I don't know just joking yeah 13 going on 21 I don't know so (laughs) yeah yeah, it's like her connection to technology and her phone is really strong it's like incredibly strong and but I go ah that's so unhealthy but I go man she's been seeing me her whole childhood just plugged into a screen really you know Mm -hmm. to just bigger screens and they're attached to a computer rather than you know, um, like a, a phone basically, but it's all the same kind of thing. It's being connected to something else, but it's so scary. And the, the older I get, the more I'm like, Ugh, I'm not super into it. Like mm-hmm. I just find it being very manipulative and it's very like, I've removed myself emotionally from Twitter basically hundred percent. Cause it just, it's just a big noise. It's like a lot of noise that I find in there. A lot of weird emotional like stuff on there that's, and it's so, imperfect to the way that we should be communicating which is you know face to face if you can you know if you have a problem with somebody like you need to be able to like show your face to them and and if you really feel it's important then you should go out of your way to like speak cordially and and organize and thinking about you know the way that you speak rather than going like eh, you suck and throwing out <laughs> racist slurs and stupid and idiotic shit out there you know it's just it's like YouTube yeah. comments. It's like, Oh, it's dark, dark stuff, man. Dark, dark stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. It gets bad really quickly. I mean, yeah.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah, And that's part of the reason, like you just got to like
1: disengage at some point. Cause you realize like trying to just battle it in its own arena is just never going to work. You know, no, like all oh, you can really should... do is it. just kind of, sh- you know, look away and not go there. Just disengage. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is tough. Cause like you try to use these things in a positive way and then, but so, it's, it's very much designed and it's, it seems like the dominant portion of users are kind of using it in a way that is just trying to pull you in and just yeah it's, it's very just wasteful and counterproductive and noisy like you said it's just a lot of noise you know at the end of the day <laughs> it's just distraction
0: yeah sorry my headphone thing popped out it's all good <laughs> yeah but no totally and it's a it's a mechanism but at the same time it's just a balance too so it's just it's one of those things that i'm constantly kind of Trying to figure out myself, and I know myself and a lot of friends. I've had friends that completely removed everything and deleted everything and completely started anew, or they just were like, you know what, I'm out of here because they realize it's just a rat race. And, and as you mentioned too, it like it spikes your anxiety, kind mm-hmm. of like it over, like you know, um, I think it was like somebody was saying that they should remove the followers, like number, like why do you have that? There's no point for that, you know, because it makes people insecure. Oh, you have. know 500,000 followers or something and it becomes this gamified thing um it's i don't know it's weird because it's not a game it's your life and so you you know i guess it's also in your reaction and how you deal with it too And and again everything is like that right but um yeah at the end of the day it's like i the way that i work on it is that i don't give any of the social media more than like 10 minutes of my time every day max it used to be a problem years ago like always on there and communicating and stuff. And I realized it was just these shallow kind of communications that were, didn't really go anywhere other than a distraction. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing, but that's something I've noticed um, about you since from the get go is you were like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're just like you didn't uh, care to be out there in that kind of <clears throat> that space, which yeah, it's commendable. It's kind of a risky deal because you're not keeping yourself out there in that marketplace but at the same time it's probably it keeps your mind a little bit more at ease i would imagine so
1: yeah it does you know and um you know i just try to keep try to keep a steady trickle of work kind of coming out but um yeah, just kind of try to keep it there, just like about the work and the qualities of the work. And if people like the images and the, the animations they're seeing, that's great. You know, that's, that's what it's all about, you know?
0: Yeah. And you know how it is. Like once you are in with like, you know, a certain group of people, then it's, if you ever needed work, you probably could just reach out and say, Hey, i free or you need help on something. Then, you know, like if you're, if there's certain traits that you have that I find that are very unique in this workspace, which is You work until it's done you get you have high quality work you deliver on time like there's all these things you know um timing and all that stuff and these are traits that you know um like are that's how you get hired and that's how you continue to get hired you know (laughs) that's how it works you know if you don't have that and you really don't you like you don't have a career basically you know so
1: but it's it is it's a lot of it is like a lot of connections and like when you make those connections just you know hanging on to them and Making sure they stay positive, you know, yeah, (laughs) and that's really kind of been like the number one thing that's that's always worked for me. Like more than being like super public and kind of like making loud announcements on the internet. It's just been yeah, like the person to person connections. People I know, we've got a good relationship with. You know, we kind of know what each other can do, and that that really has worked out incredibly well over the years. You know,
0: yeah, absolutely. A lot of cool adventures. I was like thinking back to like when we went to Colorado, and then also when we went out to to New Orleans that was crazy too when we were doing oh yeah Super that was really Rangers cool <laughs> yeah yeah that was wild that was yeah really the old cool. like
1: NASA facility that was really interesting
0: <laughs> how crazy was that? that that was like the biggest building I've ever been in in my entire life
1: yeah like, the call guard I wasn't expecting to see like so much like just the size of it <laughs> I was like yeah, wow didn't even
0: see it like because those hangers for all those old NASA like Get to like the spacecrafts and shit mm-hmm. that would go on. like went like for a mile or something. It was crazy. And it was like super high. It was like a four story building and just kept going. It was huge, super massive. And it's cool. How they just rent out parts of the stage. Man, that production's crazy, man. I remember hearing that they were spending like three hundred thousand a day on like the biggest parts of the production.
1: Oh my gosh! Wow. <sighs> Just yeah, this, it's staggering thinking about that. But Go I mean, on, yeah, it was huge. It was incredible, like being able to walk around and see all those sets and like the Stats. craftsmanship that goes into it is is pretty pretty wild. Dude.
0: Yeah, that was, yeah. Wild. that was cool. Asa was pretty rad kid too. Yeah, he was really being, nice. Like, in, yeah, he was really nice. He's like, I can't. Even, I don't even know how old he was then. He was a pretty young guy yeah he was impressive he was a really
1: he was really together though he was like super mature totally together professional i was like wow this this dude's solid
0: yeah that was a fun experience yeah Yeah. and all that the fried food and the beignets and stuff out there oh god dude you gotta gotta stay away from the the south man they'll put like the mega poundage on you
1: (laughs) oh i know man i miss new orleans it's like my sister used to live in baton rouge so i'd have like an excuse to get down there like once or twice a year but Oh man, I miss it. I was actually thinking about it earlier today. Like, man, I want to go back. <laughs> oh,
0: dude, family trip. Then, yeah, it's yeah. Solid. It's a crazy place, man. Super crazy. Yeah. Man. Um, is there artists now, or there's artists in your past, or just people that you've been inspired by? Do you can do they come to mind? Anybody come to mind? Like, that kind of you saw their art and it kind of you know triggered some kind of inspiration for you personally.
1: Oh man, that is such a tough one because
0: it's like pretty big list.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's a big list, (laughs) Mm. but then at the same time, it's like, I'm kind of on the spots. I'm like, oh man, who do I even talk about? Mm. Um, gosh, man, that's a tough one, you know, like going back, like, honestly, like go back to like the early childhood inspirations, like Bill Watterson's like always like my go-to guy of like my number one artist I've always looked up to like my whole life. Like, and he does like Calvin and Hobbes, the comic strip, but like, I've always just like, just like his, just his work is just amazing. Like I love the way he draws. I love his just the the simplicity of like the black and white ink drawings and the watercolors he does. And then also just like his approach to his career. Cause I feel like, um, I feel like I have a lot of personal parallels to him where he was also like kind of a very reclusive guy. He just was like kind of, he had his one thing that he just loved to do and he, he did a really wonderful job at it. And he didn't like, uh, he didn't like, you know, quote unquote sell out, which is something that like people don't really talk about a lot these days, but like he, one thing I've always respected about him is that he like created this thing and he kept it like surprisingly like pure, so to speak. And, and, um, and then just kind of like went off in his own way when he was ready. And it's, it's really a a super respectable thing. And just his body of work is just, you know, absolutely beautiful. So. That's
0: right. He is kind of a guy who he, he did, he, 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 made his thing and he he's a very much of a reclusive person i think i remember watching documentary on him that people don't even know where what he looks like now
1: (laughs) he looks like the dad from this comic strip (laughs) yeah which is
0: really really cool and like honestly um he is a he is i totally forgot about the fact that he is one of those guys that has made it and mind you he made this you know this is back before the internet and this whole like arms race for the fucking likes or whatever the hell is going on now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that's true. And like he just focused on his work and, and managed to align with a, you know, a publicist or whoever was helping him get his work out there. Um, but yeah, that's true.
1: They never made cartoons. He never sold like merchandise. Like you see those bumper stickers, but those are bootleg and <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't like, even go after them. Like he just kind of like he could like, like
0: peeing on like a Ford sign or something like where Calvin's pissing on something. Yeah. Like at least like
1: legally he could pursue action and he just oh, like yeah. hasn't just because he's not interested. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, he's just like one of those guys were like, man, like, I don't know, just hats off to him, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. That is really cool. And it's crazy because like he also ended it and he ended Calvin and Hobbes into, I think like nineties, mid nineties or so. But yeah, yeah, he was around for a long time. It was like the one comics growing up, you know, back in the day when the newspaper was the thing you would read I remember going through and like I, th- that was one of my favorite comics. And then my brother really loved Calvin and hops too. And I still have one of his books, and it's always, it's always like in my bathroom. I Always have like yeah. above my <laughs> toilet. It's like the the weird science one or whatever. I can't remember where Calvin's like the rocket ship and all that stuff. It's just oh yeah, man, that's true. I totally forgot about just him as a person though. It's yeah, I mean, he is like that. And guys.
1: then just the art style too. Like I yeah. I love his illustrations like just always have
0: effective highly yeah. effective illustrations like, mm-hmm.
1: just like beautiful style and just like that detail in it and it kind of like in a weird way like I love it for a lot of the same reasons I love like um the Hellboy artwork you know just like the oh, stark yeah. black and white just like beautiful just composition and brushwork and just yeah just so love good. that stuff <laughs> eat it up <laughs> Damn, Mignola
0: yeah Mignola's yeah, yeah. amazing yeah uh, he's a I'm a huge fan of. I have like have a couple artists and my office and one of them is uh otomo's art but that, a lot of it is mm-hmm. mignola's oh work. yeah man, i love mignola's work i guess that's the stark contrast is uh, otomo's work which is like mm-hmm. highly detailed super refined and like like yeah it's oh man and i know yeah i love his work on. as well too i love yeah
1: the, i love the like the um just a very mechanical almost like um architectural rendering style Yeah, Yeah. absolutely love. Yeah, the eye for detail in his work is just astounding. I I hate (laughs) him. I hate him. I love it, but I learned so much from it too. Like I just, yeah, just like studying those drawings, the composition, just the perspective, just the perfection of it is just—it's overwhelming sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it—it's way overwhelming, especially when like you look at the magnitude of the actual series and how it's like two thousand pages. You're like somebody drew this. Oh man, I'm not going to even try, you know, it's day after day, Yeah, day <laughs> after day. Exactly. That's yeah. cool that you mentioned like artists. So, you know, and that's one thing I find kind of interesting now for us. And maybe it's because we're too close to it or maybe because we're in a different era. Um, but I know you draw as well. And and it's like our inspiration came from these places, you know, Calvin and Hobbes and, comic books and like I guess I would call them real artists I guess because I think they are real artists like real illustrators or more
1: like traditional like real traditional. pre-digital kind of the pre-digital world
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah but there's something really powerful about that but it's that's interesting do you have does and because I also have a problem thinking of like what's a modern day digital guy that I'm really pumped on I mean there's you know there's of course you know, there's guys out there like Vitali Bulgarov who's really insane. Um, I'm trying to think of like, yeah, I have a heart. I don't know. Do you, because does anybody come to mind for you that you look at and you go like, fuck, this person really has got it together in the digital era?
1: Oh man, I'm trying to think of names.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. I'm like. I know it's a tough one to say
1: because like I, I do like I see a ton of work and I feel like, you know, maybe that's like a side effect of digital age is like it's there's just such like too much huh? an onslaught of visual information that it, I I feel like I probably do have several artists who I'm a huge fan of and I don't even realize that these works are connected potentially, you know, because sure. there is just like so much amazing work out there. And then also a lot of it, so many people work on it that you don't necessarily know who's behind everything that you're seeing all the time.
0: Very true.
1: But uh, there is, I mean, I mean, that's the thing is like, I always go back to these kind of like 80s and 90s references, but there is just like an astounding amount of just gorgeous stuff happening today, like right, uh, right in front of us all the time. So insane work. I do, I try to like, I'll, I'll draw inspiration from that. But then, you know, I do, I always try to like disconnect and find things that are either... I feel like it is always helpful to find like non-digital reference and inspiration when possible, you know, like stuff from the natural world or just stuff from different mediums. Um, I feel like that I find that very helpful personally, you know, just in ways of like looking at things differently, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it adds another la- la- layer of it because this is something we talk about a lot when we work together on things. Is like we pull references from weird things and we throw them in this amalgam, like uh, the these programs because... I think that one of the errors is to look at what everybody's doing now. I don't know if it's an error is the right word or someone negative, but I don't think it's what it's designed to be. I guess it could be whatever you want, right? There's no real rules, but I see a lot of artists and stuff. They'll see like, Oh, like they'll look at Houdini and go like, Oh, it's good for explosions. Cause I has all this tutorial. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And it is. But then like, when I saw my friend Surjan do like this crazy sacred geometry stuff, have you seen what he did? Surjan did, did that film with him. And then he did like, yeah, he created what I thought was like the AI, like the, the, what AI would look like as a program. It's like the most insane stuff I've ever seen. Like in the Houdini stuff. You see that?
1: Oh man. I don't know if I did see that. Probably. I'll okay. link. He's he's, yeah, out, yeah.
0: he's out of control. Surjan. Burlock. He, he was a student of mine and, yeah, his work is like freaking nuts. So, um, but he did like, he won the. I'll send you. Okay. It. I think
1: I did. You know what? I, yeah. Now you mentioned, it, I feel like you did send me this like a little while ago. Let me see here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This stuff is amazing.
0: It's super gnarly. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. Well, like Houdini, you could do this stuff with it. Okay. Game over. It's like, yeah. yeah I mean, I and I know oh, I've yeah, seen what beautiful. you're building in, in um, with Assassin's Creed and stuff too, but I think what. I think what I'm getting at here is it's the same thing for Serjan Serjan is 100% inspired by nature and math. So mm-hmm. nature and math is what really inspires him and so he takes all that inspiration and all that knowledge and he pushes it through Houdini and then he brings out this like very uniquely mathematically geometric beautiful like ridiculous art from it which I find to be really really quite really quite cool as well. It's like, these really, I don't know. It's just insane. And I think that's a great approach is like being inspired by different avenues and outlets, because I think it really affects the work in a positive way and it gives your work a, like a breath of, of air. It really does
1: because yeah, if you're just like sitting in a program and you're like, okay, I'm going to make this thing in this program. And then you're just kind of like going through the steps of what this application is designed to do. You're not really going to be creating anything like compelling or interesting. You know, you're just kind of like going through the base steps. So it's like, you definitely need to find that, like that outside perspective and that outside thing to kind of like bring some life and interest to, to what you're working on for sure.
0: Yeah. And I, that's a good point. And that's a cool way to have that approach, you know, and I think that's something to be aware of. And that's good that you brought that up because it's something to be aware of when you're making things is to to be cognizant of the idea that this is a program. Therefore it's a tool. It's like a hammer. You can use a hammer to kill somebody. You can also use it to build a house, you know, like, (laughs) and you can also like do whatever you want with you scratch your butt with it, you know? So like be creative, you know, scratch that creative itch. If you have one, um, which I, I don't know, it's like, it's a bad analogy, but at the same time it's very true. And I think that's one thing that I find, um, when I see other like creatives out there, when I get really struck by their work, I'm like, wow, I could tell they're inspired by something completely off the cuff, you know. Like I love when artists combine things, or like you know, photographers get inspired by three D or vice versa. Um, just had a this this uh, this photographer. Uh, have you ever heard of Ladytron? You're listening, to Ladytron. Um. Yeah, you like I know you like electronic. Uh, he's like uh, a member of uh, Lady Tron. His name's Ruben Wu. And he does this like crazy sick, like nighttime drone photography. And you'll have oh, like, nice will take like these drones with lights and you'll do these long exposures with these like Hasselblad style, like huge, large format cameras, long exposures. And he'll paint like these desert landscapes with light. And dude, it's, Oh, dude, it's,
1: I have seen his work. Okay, yeah, yeah I have seen beautiful. those photos. Those are gorgeous. I love that stuff. See, yeah, see, I love, I love that type of stuff. Like using like these crazy technologies just to create these beautiful works of art that would not otherwise be possible in any way. One hundred percent. I absolutely love that type of stuff. Like that's what it's all about, right there.
0: <laughs> it's one hundred percent there. And then what you were talking about earlier, and something that we'll probably start getting into ourselves is like photogrammetry and combining all these things taking the programs yeah. taking reality and then smashing it together and creating these experiences you know that's that is really where it's going to be interesting i feel like the programs and everything is just getting better every day getting a little better everything's competing against one another and so we're living in this really cool like uh renaissance a second renaissance really
1: which i find yeah. fascinating yeah this photogrammetry stuff is really exciting like and there's like this really cool side effect of VR, which I've kind of been on the fence about where I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But, you know, it's like no one really likes wearing the glasses. It's
0: true. Um, does. Like, AR You're is really asshole.
1: cool. Like I like, you know, I kind of I like AR, but, you know, it too has like, you know, its own limitations, despite the fact that it is like super promising. But like this whole like idea of like being able to like scan real world environments and then create geometry, it's like it kind of it almost like in a weird way. Like it it ties in with like motion tracking and kind of some stuff Synthes was doing, but then it just like takes it in this totally different direction. That's just really exciting. <laughs>
0: That's right, Synthes. I forgot about that. You were telling me about that a while ago. Yeah, it is really wild. I, I think that what it's going to come down to is people are just going to be able to, instead of just taking a photo of their trip or whatever, they're just going to be able to have like a 360 kind of camera. It's going to document a full environment, really. And then you're going to be able to go like, oh, check this out. I was in Barcelona, blah, blah, blah. And then cure and put the whatever hardware on until we can find a neural link that's going to have to be it until then. But who knows, man? I think everyday scientists and people are deciphering the brain and how the brain works and how we perceive data and how the brain processes um, the the, the, the synaptic behaviors and all these different things. These inputs that are happening to us via touch and smell and sight. As soon as we can figure out how to dissect those things, we can definitely then build hardware to react to those things because yeah you're right i think the hardware you know the vr thing i really want to get into it but i know it's like ah, it's still not there because of just the limitation like we can't have stuff so close to our eyes we get a lot of fatigue we mm-hmm. things split and you just kind of get sick you get nauseous and stuff too which is a problem i remember hearing like something like 20% of the, the populace cannot do VR because they have a, like a legitimate equilibrium issue with it.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of people. That's a shit
0: ton of people. And if you're trying yeah. to take people to the next frontier, that's, you know, that's a problem that you need to, to figure out at some point. But yeah, it's, it's really, it is fascinating though. And I really do feel that that's the, the future. Um, you recently became a dad two years ago. It's not recent, but, um, new dad. How did mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, cause that was, it's a big deal, you know? Um, and you know, I imagine this has been a journey for you and like the experience of becoming a dad. And, um, did it kind of reset a couple of things for you? Did you kind of have a, uh, what do you call that? Like coming of Jesus moment or whatever, like where you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, like hit the brakes on things. Uh, what did it do for you becoming a parent?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it does, it, it kind of gives you, a lot of new perspective just on life and on, you know, time itself and how quickly it moves. Yeah. Um, you know, and how fast like days go and, um, yeah, and just it really brings into focus the importance to kind of find ways to balance work and life, you know, because, you know, especially in my 20s and early 30s, it was just like work all the time around the clock, you know, work all day, come home, take a break, work all night, you know, you're just always doing something. So, um, Yeah, there's definitely like kind of coming out of that and like just learning how to balance things. And um, but it's 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 really cool, though, because like with that comes like like we're just talking about, like all this new inspiration from like very unexpected places because you start, you know, kind of like seeing the world again from the beginning, you know, and it's like you you get to kind of like you know, almost relive all these moments from your childhood through someone else's eyes all over again. you're like seeing them experience things for the first time and see things for the first time and make those connections. And it does, it like gives you new perspective and like a new appreciation for all sorts of things. So it's been like really cool. So now like two years later, it's, um, it's really fun. You know, he's like starting to talk. Um, you know, we have a great time like going out to like museums and parks and just, you know, and just showing him the world. And it, it is just like really fun and like inspiring to be able to go out with him, you know, like take a camera and just like, shoot pictures and just see cool stuff and just, you know, go out there and get ideas. And, um, no, it's been fun, but like, you know, kind of learning how to, how to balance things. And then to like, you know, kind of find like the inspiration in being out out in the world with the family has is, is been really fun, you know? The, and, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, it's just the cutest damn thing ever. So, you know,
0: <laughs> you hope so. That's why they're doing yeah. like that. Right? So yeah. Pulling those heartstrings. So you keep them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like um, when you embrace um, parenthood, it's really affects you in a good way. And it really challenges you um, to be a better person. Um, It's very difficult, though. It's like
1: it is. For sure, you know, but it, it is gratifying too, you know, so it is,
0: yeah.
1: but it is, I mean, it's no small task, that's for sure. It definitely twos. pushes you to the limit.
0: Terrible twos, <laughs> I hear that. That's a line, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in his running and yelling and defiant stage. Um <laughs> But it's fun. He's getting into music now. So like he'll come downstairs and he'll like, I'll like put on some laid back music. He'd be like, no, I want to hear a big song. So I'll have to like put on something with like a beat and up tempo. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's cool. As he, yeah. he kind of gravitated to a certain sound um
1: <laughs> yeah he's kind of all over the place he's got a pretty good base code of music so I mm-hmm. play him a little bit of everything that's but I've cool. I've definitely had to start like downloading the clean version of albums now oh yeah
0: <laughs> yeah you have to be careful with that sensitive years right so. yeah yeah
1: you'll know, <laughs> pick up stuff now and again so
0: yeah ease that into it but that's awesome mm-hmm. and that's cool that you know I I definitely like I said I feel like parenthood is like one of those things that really changes you and if you are willing and able to kind of go down that uh, that, that path, it's really um, obviously life changing, but um, it's kind of cool. Cause like almost like it's, my wife's a little older than me. And so all her friends, her kids are a bit older. So then all my friends now have kids or they're, or they're having kids or they're new to parenthood. Some of them have babies or some of them are like, you know, four or five or so. It's just cool to see the shift and change and everybody over as a time starting to progress and change and just watching the, the, these these boys that I knew become men, uh, which I find really awesome. And it's cool just to see people shifting gears and kind of taking on a different role. Part of me is jealous because I don't get to hang out with them as much anymore. But at the same time, <laughs> hey, it's the sacrifice of it. and I'll see you guys in, in like another fifteen to eighteen years so yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly
1: they'll they'll be back around with a vengeance you know yeah, soon enough
0: <laughs> absolutely It's uh I definitely wanted to talk about that one trip that I remember you telling me about where you rode a bicycle with your wife down from like i don't know from Washington or something to San Diego or some crazy madness I can't remember the exact travel that you had, but that, that actually yeah, was yeah me
1: yeah it was a long trip it was actually before I met my wife that was with it was actually my uh my sister's uh boyfriend she was seeing at the time so this was like a while back um but yeah like yeah man we rode from seattle like i flew up to seattle and we rode yeah the entire coast it took like about a month i think when all was said and done like we were you know had like 40 or 50 pounds of gear on the back of the bike so you have like your tent and you know some food and water and some tools and supplies and stuff and yeah you just like ride all day and camp out at night. Wake up and do it again. Um, It was awesome though. I mean, that's definitely one of those things. If I ever got a chance, I would love to do it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, who knows if my knees will be able to do it again? But you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll
0: see. Yeah, dude. That, do it on
1: a motorcycle next time or something. Yeah, yeah. Take it, take
0: it easy on it. And, you know, get one of those cruisers. That was also kind of scary. But I guess being on a bike is just as scary. Fucking people and their phone and their phones and driving are crazy. Um, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a wild experience. I've never heard that, and that always stuck with me. It was something that I would love to have done or do, and I i could still physically do it. I think I'd have no problem with it. It's obviously physically demanding, but my body's still good enough. Yeah, it's it's just that time taking off a whole month would be quite, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's the time. And like when I did it too, it was years ago, so I had basically spent all my money just on my bike and my gear, and I was super broke, and I did, I had like no camera on me or anything, so I took like a few pictures with my, my flip phone, <laughs> and that's like all I have from it. So that was kind, of, that was like one of those big things. I'm like, oh man,
0: yeah. If I could go it's back, I would have. Right? I would
1: have made, I would have tried to make that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing though, is like to stop and be taking pictures while you're also riding is really, really difficult. So
0: yeah, like I mean, pr- some like of the most practical, you know.
1: Yeah, like some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen, you know, like riding down that coast of like uh, Washington and Oregon was just amazing.
0: Oh, dude. Yeah. Pacific Northwest, dude. That's my jam. Mm -hmm. It's a little too great for me, but it's amazing, though. I love it up there. It's so cool. Just love the shift of weather up there. It's so cool. We don't get that down here. We basically just get fires or the summer. (laughs) Yeah, it's hot or it's cooking right now. LA's getting the, the brunt of it right now. It's kind of a bummer yeah it's it's uh, it's
1: it's stuff man like some of the videos have been insane of like people driving through it it's it's yeah, frightening like it's
0: super gnarly it's a shame. yeah but it's like yeah it's, it's 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 only a matter of time we live literally live in a desert it's rained once in like 200 days or something stupid like that it's crazy it's really yeah. crazy it's crazy that we live here i think about that a lot growing up in hawaii i'm like man like this is weird there's no rain here like why are we here <laughs> I know
1: man it's crazy like I went back to Illinois over the summer and it was just like pouring rain and flooding and stuff I'm like oh wow yeah like
0: Weather, forgot about wow. this yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah it's a it's a whole different whole different approach in different states too we were just I was just down in Mexico and it's like full on legitimate tropics I was down like um I forget what it was called but it's like down below Mexico City on the coast on the west coast of Mexico it was like there was like trees inside of trees on top of trees with trees inside those trees. It was crazy. Oh, you look off to the side and then the desert or not the desert, the the forest is just like just just huge, vast and just covers everything. It was really I was like, ah, cool, green. It's nice to see. Yeah. Green. Feels yeah. good. Oh dude, that's the best. <laughs> but that that trip that you took sounded really amazing. It was always one thing I was like, hmm, I gotta figure out a way to do something like that because that just sounds so amazing um, just to propel yourself and to live like, you know, just very humbly and kind of ground yourself. It's a really, it's a really cool thing. And I could, I bet you can look back at that as a fond memory. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I definitely recommend it for anyone that has like a chance to pull something like that off. Um, yeah, it really was. It was like one of the highlights, um, that part of my life, you know, like it was, it was awesome. Transformative kind of like makes you yeah, it makes you look at things different. And then like when you're done with a trip like that, um, you know, it kind of, it does, it gives you a bit of confidence to tackle other things in life and like other challenges. And you're like, you know what, man, like piece by piece, you just like stay at it. Don't get ahead of yourself. Like you can, you can do some pretty big things, you know? So yeah. Yeah.
0: Fuck. Yeah. That's totally true. Cause you can use it as a life lesson and it. That is a hundred percent how you make amazing things. Is like one day at a time, one step at a time, one piece of it. And it's like, that trip is a perfect metaphor for life in general, uh, if you think about it. That's probably why it was so it's so appealing to me personally, because I'm like, oh, that's the way <laughs> to do it. Because I remember um, recently I went up to, on this really gnarly hike, and it was like up to like 14,000 feet up. And I got altitude oh, wow. sickness, but we had gone. My buddy and I had hiked 18 miles or something the first day up like i don't know six thousand feet elevation and i was wow. destroyed <laughs> like yeah. fucking obliterated but i remember just put my head down and i was so tired but i was like okay just one step just put the one foot in the front of the other and i think that you have if you have that deep inside you just go okay today i'm gonna keep just going and i think it's the same thing with the work and everything we're doing it's like you just one step and you do one other step and it's like something that we talk about is like complexities many simple things combined your life and the journey is very complex, but if you just do one simple step every time, it's all those things combined that makes the journey so much more interesting. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. And why do yeah, you end man. up in San Diego? Is that like just a choice of yours or something that you – a place that you wanted to live or –
1: yeah. You know, it was kind of a funny thing. It was, it's almost like a similar story. Like I had been traveling again, like I, I was freelancing at the time. So this is like back in like 2006, 2007. And I had just like a couple of buddies from back home who had moved out here, um, rel- relatively like around that same time. And, um, I had been traveling. So I had like done a road trip up to Alaska with a couple of buddies and I had just gotten back. I was kind of in between jobs and, uh, it was like, Freezing in Chicago. I was like, you know, like it's I work cool. on my laptop. I've been traveling a lot anyway. Like maybe I'll just travel a little more and go go to San Diego where it's nice and warm and stay with some buddies and see if I can make it work. And uh, yeah. yeah, I was super fortunate. I had a really good friend uh, that I only crash with him for probably like a month, month and a half, which, you know. Looking back, it's like, you know, when you're that young, it doesn't seem like a huge deal. But looking back, it's like, man, that was kind of a big deal. And it was really cool of them to let me crash like that. <laughs> and, yeah, uh,
0: that's super nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, Justin and Marty, man. Awesome guys. And uh, yeah. And then homies. you know, Yeah. I dragged another buddy down who was in Alaska. And he was like, so you're in San Diego now, huh? What's the weather like? I'm like, better <laughs> in there. So, uh <sighs> yeah, my buddy Sean came down. We got an apartment. And then, yeah, I've just been here ever since, you know. Trying to make it work, freelancing.
0: <laughs> it's hard to leave, right? I mean, once you're here, it is like it is. A, I love that city too. It's got a bit of a homeless problem, but other than that, it's pretty awesome. Every city has that, but more than more yeah, so. the, con-
1: the country has. And that's that's a whole can of worms, but <laughs> it's
0: a bummer. Yeah, it's a real bummer. It's a, oh, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's I mean, heartbreaking. It's yeah. People that just need some help, like some legitimate help. You know, we everybody needs yeah, help. That's, but those people, we need to push effort to give those guys some help men and women that really have they're uh, just fucked you know have a bad situation
1: that's true man i'm a big fan of like the uh, housing first idea of just like getting people in houses and just starting there you know because like yeah. you really can't do anything else without that
0: no <laughs> and help give them a purpose i mean the thing is mm-hmm. in this country we're all shy like we're all a couple moves away from becoming in the same position it's true like yeah. this country will just eat you up and spit you out there's no zero fucks in this country really unless you come from wealth is like in the rest of us, you and I, and the rest of us, we don't have that, that privilege or ability. And if you don't, like if you get hit by a car or something, you don't have any health insurance and then one thing after another and somebody cares for you dies or something, it's like you're mm-hmm. fucked. You know, if you have no family and nobody's, no, nobody's supporting you, it's a real bummer. But um, it's tough, man. It's
1: like a lot of people are just like one or two like small slips away from
0: Everybody just like their whole life on falling
1: apart you know it's yeah it's kind of crazy
0: <laughs> it is crazy that's i try not to think about it too much because it drives me nuts so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it is.
1: it'll drive you insane like thinking about it too much like you just do what you can like with what you have you know
0: 100 but the yeah. thing i do love about san diego is really great food lots of good culture mm-hmm. down there a lot of, and i love how small it is too it's a very contained city it's not too big which is nice
1: i do like that and i like the fact that Um, there's a lot of green space. Like there are a lot of really nice parks, especially like the whole, like, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. So it's really nice being near something like that.
0: Are you guys still living in the same place? Yeah, man. Damn. We've hung on tight. Yeah. No, we like this place. So
1: we're, we're hanging on.
0: (laughs) I always laugh every time I came there. Freaking airplane is flying over ahead. I'm like, fuck, dude. <laughs> it's like, I
1: know that's the crazy thing about living. In like pretty much any neighborhood in San Diego has dude, the planes to some degree. It's wild.
0: It is wild because I, I I fly a lot and I travel a lot and I always try to leave out of San Diego because I hate LAX. Man, Mm -hmm. every time I fly in, I'm like, fuck. And I text you, I'm like, dude, I just flew over your house. (laughs) And always like, where's Ryan? Oh, there's Ryan's place. And I'm trying to place everything on when I'm flying over. But dude, it's crazy how close we get when you're flying into San Diego. That airport is just like.
1: Right. especially over definitely. like little italy oh do you remember visiting a friend's apartment like you could go on the roof and like you could like make eye contact with people in the windows <laughs> of the plane as they flew over like it was crazy,
0: it's crazy. <laughs> yeah it's just a part of that city which is really interesting but i do i do definitely enjoy san diego and i find it to be a rad city i really love living i mean i don't live i've never lived in the city proper itself i've always lived further away and out outskirts of it and towns or cities away from it but Um, I do enjoy my time there and I could see how it could be a, like a, like just a cool place to live. Is there something that you do down there that you enjoy? You do do a lot of the parks and stuff.
1: Yeah. And man, it is just like the general lifestyle is pretty nice. You know, it's like being somewhere with this nice weather. And like, I just really like being able to do most things on foot, not have to get in my car and like drive everywhere. So, um, yeah, like we've been really fortunate to, to kind of like find a place we did in this neighborhood because yeah it's just a really nice neighborhood or a lot of you know you can do your shopping you can go to restaurants you can we can keep the kid busy you know for a week straight without having to really venture too far so it's yeah it's pretty awesome like i definitely like that lifestyle of just having things close by and you know just being able to walk or ride everywhere it's great
0: it's very conducive to active lifestyle that's for sure Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it makes a lot of sense um last thing talk about the future. What's the future hold for you? What do you, do you plan and plot the future out? Do you think about where you want to be, like where, you, where things want to go? Or is there some like goal that you have that you've been really thinking about that you want to approach? Um, yeah, just big thoughts, big things, anything in the future that you're thinking about.
1: Oh man. Yeah. You know, there are always so many projects. So like, like I said, like lately I've been doing like a lot of, uh, like hard surface modeling and um, kind of building that stuff up so um man what is the future like i'm always going back and forth between like graphics and interactive so i'm trying to um, trying to pull together a couple of interesting demos you know yeah. try to box them in and finish them off so i've got like a few irons in the fire but um Gosh, man! Hopefully, the future is bright and just more like badass projects of doing this stuff. Um
0: you know what <laughs> I'm I mean? Sure, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> pretty sure that. I don't happen. know,
1: man. It's exciting. Like it, it is. To, like I feel like that's kind of like that's always been a common thread with me. Is like just trying to pick one thing because I do. I get so excited about like all of this stuff. It's like I love making cool images. I love like learning new software and just building stuff. So. <laughs> And we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> never ending. But that's good that you have that open, um, happy optimism about it all and just embracing it because, yeah, you never know where it's going to take you and when it's going to take you there. So you just kind of go with it. And yeah, also, you have, you have the class too. We have those classes together too, which is if anybody's interested in learning what we've learned, what we've done all these years and the, the lessons that we've learned through all these processes and building those projects it's in these classes, which is really cool too. So many people ask me, I'm sure they ask you the same thing. Like, how did you do that thing, you know, in regards to those projects and stuff? And I know we don't cover every piece of them, but a big majority of them, Um, if you are, you know, uh, I think if you are progressive in your learning procedures and like, you know, progressive in just learning things and wanting to learn more, it's like, man, I I wish I had these resources growing up. I'd have freaked out if I had these resources, like if Mike Mignola was teaching me how to see things, I'm like, dude, come on, give me a break. Really? Like (laughs) amazing. I still wish he would teach make a class of it. That'd that'd be be something. Yeah. No, he would never do that. I would doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) He's a funny guy. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's another cool thing is teaching and having that out there too. And that's, and this isn't your first class too. You've made classes on plural side, I think too prior, right?
1: yeah so yeah this is my first one with learn square but i've got another course on plural site that's about um yeah doing like lip sync and like building like automated lip sync like rigs using expressions and stuff and um yeah and then we have this new one coming out with for learn squared kind of covering like hud and gui animation which is really exciting to get out because yeah it is it's just like a lot of stuff i've collected over the years because um yeah it's definitely been like a hot thing for for a while now like all of this HUD and GUI computer stuff. It's like ever since Minority Report came out, it's just been oh, like yeah. a steady drum like year after year after year. There's more of it. So Yeah. Um yeah, you know, I just kinda like was lucky enough to to kind of get in working on some of that stuff. And um yeah, picked up a lot of handy techniques over the years. So it's kind of fun to get to pass that on to people and hopefully they they find it useful and can kind of build on it, you know?
0: Been seeing some really cool work coming from people too. So it's really gratifying to see that it's like usable and accessible knowledge, which has been really nice too. Um that's always like I'd always say like when I was working and building out Learn Square with the guys, it was like the the telltale sign, no matter what we do and how good we think the class is, the sign that always if the class works is if the students work, is actually successful and um yeah that's the, that's the key, and i've been seeing it it's been really awesome, super stoked,
1: yeah, like the students post some like really beautiful stuff that, um like on a regular on basis yeah for learn Square, I know
0: it's like man, man these,
1: these guys are <laughs> definitely picking some stuff up, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember after uh assassin's creed and there's like a lot of people trying to figure out some of the stuff that you had done with like um the brain scanning using houdini to do those things that was pretty funny by using like symbols and stuff to um take over the the space of the slice of the brain and all that kind of funny stuff so it's cool it's cool and it's, it's a part of the whole process seeing this kind of stuff come through just kind of seeing how people interact with these things and how they take the work that you make and, and get inspired from it and then it, the goal is that they inspire you back which is really cool too that's the that's the trick so
1: yeah it is cool it is cool to see people like reverse engineer in a fashion like wow man he figured that out (laughs) that's off to you man then he did something else with it so it is it is really exciting to see that happen it's yeah man it's really gratifying you know yeah
0: dude thank you this has been a long time in the making i know you're a, a quiet person on social media and you don't not a big person getting out there and doing this kind of stuff so i appreciate it and i'm sure all the listeners are super stoked on it as well because there's this person i've been talking about over years on these podcasts i've been talking about you and, and our work together so it's cool for them that longtime listeners finally get to to hear from the source so yeah thank oh, you man, so that's
1: much buddy. Oh, absolutely man you're so welcome thanks for having me on man it's, it's really a pleasure it's been great talking to you about all this stuff it's really fun
0: reminiscing <laughs> All right, there it is. There it is. Uh, episode 192, my buddy Ryan Cashman. There it is. got to give a big thanks to Ryan for coming on the show. As I mentioned, you know, this is really cool of him to take the time to come out and be on the episode. So thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. And I'm sure the audience does as well. Um, as usual, you can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at like thecollectpodcastcom slash um, 192. You can also find links to the Facebook stuff, the Twitter stuff, the iTunes podcast page, all that good stuff. If you guys have suggestions, questions, inquiries, um, concerns, thoughts, um, things you want us to to address or guests that we should be aware of or people that you want us to um, talk to, just drop us a line. I think we have a comment section on the podcast website or there's our, I think the, the podcast email is there as well. So if you want to send us an email, feel free to reach out. I think it's uh, the collective podcast one at gmail.com I think is, is the email. And I believe that still works. Um, or you can just get at us at Twitter. Um, I think Andrew and I, <laughs> I don't go on that that much, but um, I know Andrew does every once in a while. So if you have questions or just thoughts or things you guys want to let us know, or even if you're just like stoked on an episode or something inspired you, let us know. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, there we go, everybody. You know the, the drill, the weekly drill. Go out there, be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.